Welcome back to part two with Kenzie Evans as our guest podcast host with me answering the questions and in the hot seat this time. Together, we explore how parents can meet their own needs without neglecting their family and their values. You'll learn life-changing steps on implementing the victory hour, which is going to lead to increased fulfillment in your life. We examine the importance of balancing personal needs with family responsibilities and barriers that keep you stuck, as well as specific steps on how to improve well-being when it sometimes feels impossible. You're going to love this episode as much as I do. Hey parents, welcome to Fulfillment Therapy. Do you want to raise your kids better and have a stronger marriage? Are you up late at night researching marriage and parenting tools and self-care tips? Do you start each day hoping for deeper connections and less chaos, but it ends with family arguments and going 12 different directions again? My name's Kendra, wife, mom, therapist, and growth enthusiast. It wasn't until I discovered how to fulfill my unmet needs that I was finally able to show up as my best self, as a spouse and parent. I realized that by meeting my needs, I could more fully meet the needs of my family with more energy and less resentment. In this podcast, I teach parents skills like boundary setting, prioritizing personal needs, communication, and claiming ownership. Just like my clients, you'll be shocked by the improvement in your marriage, parenting, and personal life when you focus on fulfilling your important, unmet needs. Ready to prioritize yourself so you can quit mentally throat-punching people? Then grab those earbuds and head outside, and let's walk and talk. Welcome back to part two with the beautiful Kenzie Evans. Today, we're going to resume our discussion on meeting unmet needs guilt-free without neglecting your family and values. But before we start, I just want to give you a quick update. The holidays are at the door, and I know life is a whirlwind. It is for me. But due to some unforeseen circumstances, the retreat price has increased. But don't panic. You'll be given the original price when you sign up and when you mention it on the sign-up form. I was recently researching every single Costa Rican retreat, and I'm happy to report that ours offers two to three times what, and by far, it has the best location. With professional training, most of the others do not offer that, and it's one of the most inexpensive ones, even with the price change. But don't worry, like I said, you still get the old price. You will not find any other retreat like this. The other ones offer food or lodging and maybe yoga or meditation or occasionally a psychedelic drug trip, but don't offer top-of-the-line excursions, not to mention the several that we offer, a like-minded tribe and top professional resources for personal and family transformation. It is time to act. Sign up now while you still can on fulfillmenttherapy.org. Oh, and bring your bestie or your sibling, or maybe even your sibling's bestie. Anyway, let's jump into the episode. 
that was actually the second thing I wanted to mention that resonates with people. And I i don't know if I've talked with you about that, but I've talked about it on the podcast is it's so easy. You kind of hit on that to be a little hypocritical almost. But when I ask them like what you're doing right now with neglecting yourself, ignoring your needs for decades, is this what you would want for your child? Mm. I have never had a client be like, well, yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> they often start crying. They get pretty emotional. And never. Like, then why is that okay for you? And what are you modeling? So powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so powerful, Kendra. I think my therapist did that with me too, this kind of changing the perspective. So asking it from a place of, rather than looking at it as you, you say, okay, like you said, would you want this for your child? Would you want this for your friend? Would you want this for a loved one? What would you say to a friend, to a child, to a loved one? And sometimes I even go, like with my therapist, she was like in dysfunctional families where harsh words, mean things were allowed. You branch out even further, like a friend that you love that you would never allow yourself to speak unkindly to what would you say there, right? So that then they kind of start to understand like, oh, I deserve respect like this, even though this is what I grew up with and this was normal, that doesn't mean that it's okay. And you wouldn't treat someone on the street like that. That's just not acceptable, right? So why do we justify it with ourselves and sometimes those that are closest to us? Yeah. So I love that. One other thought. Sorry, that's okay. I also feel like with my clients and with myself it was so easy because for a while I was a stay-at-home mom for quite a while when they were a lot younger and it was so easy for me to be like I should get up I need to get up um, with the kids all the time because my husband works full-time well I need to always make all of the meals because he works more and he's always tired constantly doing that about everything because it was hard to quantify my value Like, I don't bring home money, so therefore I am less worthy of sleep or whatever that might be. And I have noticed that since I have been able to quantify my hours that I'm working, and even not always when I started my new business, not always money, but sometimes the money value, it's so much easier for me to be like, oh no, I can show you that I'm working the same amount of hours and that I am a contributor that now I stand up for myself and it breaks my heart that I didn't do that sooner. Like I didn't think that I had value then. I know a lot of my clients are that way. I know. I've thought of that too, because I look back now at like my younger friends and siblings who are in the very early stages. I I still have young kids, but I just remember those very, very early stages and feeling the same way. So tired but also feeling like I needed to keep the house clean to make all the dinners and to have them be healthy dinners and all these things. Mm -hmm. And I look back now and I, I see my sister who just had a baby and I'm like, what a miracle, what an absolute miracle. She sacrificed her body, her actual body, her hormones, her chemical balances in her brain, all of these things that are miraculously come together and create a human life inside of us. And that's not enough. 
Right. And then afterwards, same thing, right? Like I'm watching her and she's trying to regulate her milk supply. And that is crazy for our hormones and the chemicals in our brain. And that whole first year is that. And then like once you finally start getting stabilized, it's like, let's have another baby. (laughs) Or you go through challenges like miscarriages or other things. And I don't think that we give enough credit to the toll that these changes, these actual physical changes that people can see very clearly on mental health, emotional health, on our energy levels. And so I love how we started with your words of wisdom at the beginning, where you said to show more self-love and compassion, especially in those stages when, like you're saying, it's not quantifiable, but it is. It's just that it's not as valued by society, right? Like, yeah, yeah, because you can see it. You can see the changes in your body. You can see the human baby that you created. You can see your sleepless nights and things like that, but no one tracks that. Right. And I don't know. I wish that I had more people and I did have some friends and I'm so grateful that we're like, it's enough. It's enough. And it's a stage. It's a, it's a long stage, (laughs) especially (laughs) if you're having babies back to back, but the house will one day be easier to clean. It's not because you're lazy or incapable or selfish. It's because you literally are keeping a human alive and yourself alive. Yeah. (laughs) I think often we assume that our spouse is not going to be on board and willing, but I think we just like, for cultural reasons, whatever, we just expect that's the way it's going to be. And now since things have shifted, I recognize my husband is very much okay with stepping in more, helping more. It's just me communicating what I need and sometimes why, Mm -hmm. so he can be more on board. I just wish I would have known that. I guess if we go back to the beginning of this episode, that's probably what I would say too. Just advocate for yourself more. You are worth it. You're important. Yeah. And and the reality is is that it may not be received well. Yeah, sometimes and, it's not. But that's okay because we're teaching people how to treat us. Right. And if we don't know, if we don't advocate for how we want to be treated, if we don't even treat ourselves right then it makes sense that other people would struggle with that too. But it is hard work and totally valid for it to be a struggle. But yeah, I think that's why I love what you're doing is because I feel like you are, you're giving that validation, you're giving the pat on the back and encouragement that there's more, right? And that there's more and that this is enough too be just being settled and okay with wherever a person is at. So I love that. You shared a quote with me that I feel like goes along with this and I want to read it. Okay. It's by Abraham Maslow. Mm -hmm. It says, if you plan on being any less than who you are capable of being, you'll probably be unhappy all the days of your life. Right. And I, I love that. I want to hear your thoughts on it, though. Yeah, this essentially really sums up a lot of my thoughts, even for fulfillment therapy. But also the one with it. Is it okay if I read the other one? Yeah, please. This one is by Norman Cousins, and it says, 
The tragedy of life is not death, but what we let die inside of us while we live. I think both of those so is just, powerful. yeah, this, this potential, this divinity that's within us. We have so much capacity for good. We have so much of these strengths and these gifts within us that can bless not only our life, but the life of everyone. And that is what brings true joy, growing those things. And I never thought about that as a young mom. I mean, I, I don't know if you did, but I was very much just like, just survive, just get this stuff done. But now, as I finally have met some of those needs, it's just, I get so excited about everything, the, the present and the future. I'm so stoked. I wish you could see me at night sometimes. I get this idea and it's just like going and going or when I'm journaling in the morning and I'm just like, this is going to be amazing because I know that this is going to come to fruition and now it's just moving forward with it, like doing the steps, like do what you have to do. And so helping other people recognize that, that if they can live without that fear or actually no not without it just embrace it in a in a sense then step into it yes yeah, step into it lean into it that that's really where true joy is and that's really the point of being on this earth oh i love that kendra i'm like getting goosebumps as you're talking i'm like you i can't smile big enough <laughs> i feel like that from the time that I met you, I, that has just drawn me to you. There's this enthusiasm, this joy, like you're saying. I, um, as a young mom, I felt the same way. It was, actually, I'll be honest. I thought motherhood was the end, right? Mm -hmm. um, growing up in our religious culture, it's that was very much like the end-all be-all, right. right? I... I didn't think there was something else, right? And so yeah. what I feel like I have begin I'm beginning to understand is this idea that motherhood is a role. It's this ambiguous role that all of us take on. I would even say women who don't have children are children's mentors that are women figures our mothers in their own right because of that mantle of womanhood mm -hmm. and the nurturing that women can offer. And it is through our unique spiritual gifts that we offer that it doesn't look the same, right? Like for me, I guess growing up, it was like, I become a mom, I pop out all the babies and then I'm there for all my babies. And that is what motherhood is. And that is my calling. And that's every other woman's calling. And I don't, I don't really subscribe to that as much anymore. And mm -hmm. what I feel like I'm hearing you say is that we get to be our own divine beings and discover that and still be mothers mm -hmm. and still be wives and still be sisters, all the things, mm -hmm. right? Friends, yeah. what does that look like? And how can we bring our spiritual gifts into those roles? Well, because those are very much divine roles, too, and I'm not even remotely minimizing those roles. It's just by showing up more fully in those roles, it is still meeting those unmet needs. And like it's almost like it's a dirty word when you say needs. These are very 
real things that like we're talking about self-esteem needs we're talking about love and belonging needs we're talking about like your basic needs like I said of shelter connection all of these things these are worthy needs they are not and again I hate this word Mm -hmm. selfish because there's such variety of things but it's not those ones that turn you away from your family or your faith or your values but at the expense of others exactly exactly and that's I think it's just a, a misunderstanding or a verbiage thing I actually just talked to my friend about this a very good friend I really respected admire and she did kind of scoff at it a little bit but she's just basically this very prevalent religious view that no we just need to serve our family at the expense of all else and completely neglect ourselves and that is celestial and I don't want to get into this like gospel debate or anything but I just want to say personally I never felt like my best self my most spiritual self my most beautiful self when I was doing those things it wasn't until I like I just said before, honored those needs and explored them and was humble and contrite and open to what I needed that I was finally able to connect to deity in a much stronger, more authentic way. No, I, I love that. What it made me think of was as you're, as you're talking, would you say that you know yourself better now or when you were going through the motions and giving yourself, giving all of yourself selflessly, do you, would you say you know yourself better now or then? Oh, absolutely. So much better now. God asks us to give him our wills. How do we give him something of ours if we don't even know it? I think that the misunderstanding as I listen to your friend and I, I don't like minimize what she thinks. Cause I can see that I can understand where she's coming from. I don't think though, that it's so much scriptural as it has been cultural emphasis. Yeah. Right. Because I think now if we look at what's happening within the church, we have in the youth program, the four areas of focus right and we use the scripture about the savior himself who we are wanting to exemplify and it says that he grew in wisdom stature and in favor with god and man yeah and i feel like that's a pretty holistic scripture right there about the savior that shows us he did not neglect his own development his own understanding of himself but crazy you know what's hard about that is that's thing about a man and so it's often very difficult for females to compare in the same way and i isn't that so interesting there's some there's some but there's not a lot it's easy to be like oh yeah well christ was in a different situation or my husband's in a different situation i don't know if you've seen that yourself totally i think that's a real thing i no, i know it's a real thing i've seen it in my own life And I don't feel, I've had to work through it. I have felt frustration and even a little bit of anger as I've started to see those patterns. But honestly, I think we come by it naturally. It's not just a church thing. It's worldwide, right? Um, This issue and imbalance between genders 
and I do think we're going in the right direction. Me too. I, I do think though, it takes courage on our part as women to step in and say, wait a minute, this is applying to me. When the savior says to come unto me, to be perfected in me, he doesn't use any qualifiers. He doesn't say only the men, right? It's for all of us. And that's really what we're striving to do, right? Is to follow Christ and become like him. And do I think that there are inherently masculine traits and inherently feminine traits? I do. I feel like I've witnessed that. I don't think though that that disqualifies us from a scripture that says the savior grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And I do think it leaves space for each of us to discover like you have been called to do, help us discover our unique spiritual gifts and traits and step into those in our own unique ways, right? There's no like when he, when that scripture says, the savior grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He, it doesn't talk about how he grew in wisdom around woodmaking with his dad or in stature, he lifted weights or ran marathons or blah, blah, blah. Like there is so much space there for us to figure out what that looks like for us individually and I think that is what you are offering people and that I love so much about your model oh thank you I appreciate that and I feel like it's very well balanced I don't feel like you go out and advocate for selfishness defined in the way of at the expense of other people but rather if we want to call it selfishness, fine, we'll embrace it. If the haters want to say that, just kidding. <laughs> but we'll if we're it. saying go be selfish in the way that you're finally taking your needs as equal to other people's, right? Right? Then I think that's appropriate. Right. Right. Now, if you're saying go be selfish and everyone else can just deal with it and they're lower than me, then no, that's not what we're advocating for. But to finally step in and say, I'm a whole person too. Right. And yeah. we talked about that on the podcast with you, actually. As we've been talking about people stepping into their needs to, into really embracing their spiritual gifts, who they are and what that looks like. Are you enjoying this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it with Kenzie? I hope so, because I could not condense it down to just two parts this time. I will improve in the future, but it was just too fun. So stay tuned for part three next time. I promise it's the last part. (laughs) Until then, my friends. Hey, friends. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, chances are someone else would, too. Would you take 30 seconds to share this with a friend who's looking for greater family fulfillment? And while you're sharing, tell me what you think about the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It refuels me when I hear this podcast is helping you, no matter what your house or your hair looks like. I'll meet you back here every Monday and Thursday morning for more episodes. Until then!